Hi everybody and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. My name is Alexander Holland and as always I'm sat digitally next to my number one pod puffin. Gonna be the name of... John Maloney. And John Maloney, I got the eye of the tiger. A fighter dancing through the fire because I am a champion and you're gonna hear me episode 84... It's Katy Perry's Roar from 2013. And did you have an intro song as well that you wanted to have a try at? Yeah, well, we had another bonus submission this week. Oh. From, uh, well, perhaps I'll reveal who it is after I've okay. uh, given you the version of the song that he, he sent through, but it's one of my favourite tunes, so I was thrilled to hear from him. And it goes a little something like this. I could feel at the time there was no way of knowing. Fallen leaves in the night, who can say where they're blowing? As free as the wind, hopefully learning why the sea on the tide has no way of turning. More than this, you know there's nothing. Episode 84 than this. Tell me one thing. Episode 84 than this. Oh, there's nothing. That was Mr. Brian Ferry. Thanks very yeah. much, Brian. Thanks, uh, Brian. We loved it. Thanks for setting that on in. <laughs> <laughs> More than this. <laughs> I thought I could start off this week. Last week, I started off with a dark confession. Yeah. I thought I could just. I'm trying to improve my life through the audience. You know, I'm trying to yeah. put things out there so I'm accountable. So last week, confession. Sure. This week, yep. little quick commitment, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. I really want to commit to It's kind of a bit the same. Last week, I confessed to eating too much white stick, a.k.a. <laughs> white chocolate. Yeah. And this yeah. week, I've got to commit to something. And here it is. <clears throat> I, Alexander Holland, commit mm. to not see a single one of the new forthcoming Avatar films. <laughs> um, ever? I ever. I want you to know this, James Cameron, Terminator 2, that's a great film. 74 yeah. Avatar movies through Disney, that's not a good film. I will that's see. That's a niche niche. That's a niche niche. And Jimmy, <laughs> and Jimmy I'm going to see none of them and I want you to know that. <laughs> and I want you to know. <laughs> and Disney, I want you to know Disney, that from here on out, I'm checking every film, and if there's a Disney fingerprint on it, it's getting a cot mm. from me, which is what I – it's a boycott. I call it a cot. Uh, yeah, cot nice. All I'm that a- I'm cotting all that dares. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a puzzling development, isn't it? Because I, I think we've talked about this briefly on the show, but I very late in the piece, like in the last year or two, watched – avatar because it just completely think because i was being slightly contrarian as as is my want and when it came out i was like no i'm not watching that it sounds dumb and but that was i mean it's came out it came out easily a decade ago i think 2009 there you go and so it's kind of like well there's been a sort of generational shift since then who the fuck is this package of movies even for anymore anyone who was interested in a sequel is dead (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or has long since forgotten that they were ever they ever longed for a sequel. Yeah, I guess it's uh, it was because at the time 
I remember it was breaking. We think it broke a few records in terms of attendance, box office attendance yeah. at the time. I think a lot of people went and saw it. And then, you yeah. know, it's one of those things that kids can go and see because it's yeah. got cool. It was like a pioneer of the 3D, the, re- the renaissance of 3D movies. Yeah. How many new avatars do you think we can expect over the next few years, John? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to say... I'm going to give you what in a sane world would be an expected number and say two. Mm, okay, so here we go. <clears throat> so in 2009, yeah, the original, we had Avatar 2009. Yep. Now, right. arriving on December the 14th this year, get ready, mm-hmm. losers, because Avatar Way of the Water <laughs> is coming to your mushy, empty brain. You can shove it in, <laughs> shove it in there with a big old popcorn and don't even worry about drinking a normal cinema Coke. Just get the pre-mix, that rich cola syrup that hasn't been yeah. had, has no water added to it, and just get Neat. James, just get James Cameron and Danny Disney to just pour a whole bunch of Coca-Cola <laughs> syrup Disney. deep in your ear canal and just be lobotomized by Coca-Cola pre-mix. <laughs> <laughs> and then don't worry, you you you'll have to have a little bit of a chill. Uh, but then coming in 2024, you got Avatar 3. Okay. Then you're going to be so sad from not having enough avatars. So in 2026, <laughs> get the whole family in for Avatar 4. And then you're going to say, James and Danny Disney, that's just not enough avatars. <laughs> Oh, no. Are they going to give you one more? And that's going to be slated for 2028, Avatar 5. So apparently he's been writing, wow. them, for, he's been writing them for the last 10 years, Jimmy okay. Cameron. Mm. And that's my commitment this week. I'll see no Tars. I'm giving them a cot. <laughs> cotton that Diz Tars. I've cotton all Diz Tars. I will not <laughs> submit to this cynical Hollywood trash. I like the um, just the air of inevitability about it, you know. And they're not so even comforting. Saying, they're not saying, "Yeah, well, it's up to you, the audience, whether you like it." They're <laughs> saying, "No, no, you'll like what we tell you to like." And if you don't like this one, you'll like the next one. And if you don't like that one, you'll like the next one. And if you don't like the movies, you'll still watch them, and you'll still talk about them, and you'll still buy the merch. Yeah, and so it doesn't matter to us. Just take it. One thing that I've toyed with um, doing a deep dive on for DPTM is those movies where they say at the end of the film, we'll be back in for more adventures in such and such two, and then such and such two never appears uh. because something went, something went wrong or they filmed that and then the movie did terribly and they were like, actually, no, nah, let's just shit can this whole thing. But gone are those days because now we know 10 years out what we're going to be fed. <laughs> I can't wait to be doing this podcast and do, and we can. We can't wait for Avatar Five. Avatar Five, man, the five. Once you get into the, once you get into the fives, it's like Avatar and Police Academy. Yeah, ro- and only... Rocky or Jaws. What's yeah, gonna be, yeah. What's going to be happening in Avatar? So, DPTMers, we'll see you in twenty twenty eight for Avatar Five. Can't wait. I'm going to be. Turning 40 just as the sequel comes out. That's right, yeah. And so hopefully this will be, this sort of marks the middle period of my life. And I assume right through to the end of my life will be marked by 
Avatar releases now. <laughs> Now, uh, we both know and our listeners know that I'm not somebody who enjoys reveling in the suffering of others. But, sure, of course. Um, but there are occasions where I think newsworthiness compels us to follow through a story which is somewhat unfortunate for the people involved. And to that end, I'd like to give you and our listeners an update on the James Corden saga. Oh, yeah. It's taken several interesting turns since I last reported on it. Um, so a bit of a recap because we talked about it at some length, mm-hmm. maybe two episodes ago, I think. Uh, McNally, Mr. McNally, who owns Balthazar in New York, issued at some point now a few weeks ago a critique of James Corden calling him a cretin and the worst customer that they'd ever had because there were a variety of incidents where James Corden swore at the staff and got upset with his orders and, you know, famously now he he ordered an egg white omelette which had or an egg yolk omelette which came with some egg white and he flew into a rage and, uh, and as a result McNally banned him from Balthazar. Then Corden called... McNally and apologized. And then McNally withdrew the ban. Then, part three, Corden gets interviewed by the New York Times about this incident because it's starting to generate a bit of a, a bit of kind of um, morbid curiosity on the Twitter sphere. And Corden says, I haven't done anything wrong and kind of acts uh, quite obnoxious about it and lacking in contrition and modesty. And then Balthazar owner McNally tweets, was he joking or was he denying being abusive to my servers? Whatever Corden meant, his implication was clear. He didn't do it. And then McNally says, well, he did do it. I didn't witness it, but I trust my staff. And they say, this is what happened. He says, I wish James Corden would live up to his almighty initials, Jesus Christ, (laughs) and come clean. And he says, if the supremely talented actor wants to retrieve the respect he had from his from all of his fans, brackets all four of them, bit of a sting there, then he should at least admit that he did wrong. If he goes one goes one step further and apologizes to the two servers he insulted, I'll let him eat free for Bel- at Balthazar for the next ten years, which is quite a quite an offer. James Corden then apologized uh, for the incident on his show because mm. I think the Original saga coupled with his lack of contrition, no doubt coupled with the uh, weight in the public imagination that was added to the whole thing by us, including it on episode 81 uh, or two, uh, led to a critical mass and he was made to apologize. And he, he said, relevantly said this at the apology, he said, uh, we sit down, we ordered. And my wife explained that she had a serious food allergy. Mm, I'm not sure yeah. whether she's expl- explaining this to James or to the servers, I guess. <laughs> she was uh, first you, time James think, had heard of it. Yeah, you'd think they might have shared this information. <laughs> and then, so when everybody's meals came, my wife was given the food that she was allergic to, but she hadn't taken a bite of it or anything. So no worries. She sent it back. All was good. But then he says, well, they screwed it up a few more times and there was still some egg white in it. And so that's when he kind of got upset. He says, I didn't shout or scream 
or get up out of my seat or call anyone names or use derogatory language. But he did make a sarcastic comment, presumably in a polite whispering tone. Mm. And I think when I read that, when I read these remarks and when I see him give that apology on the show, others might want to watch and judge for themselves. But, you know, I think I've got a reasonable nose for bullshit and I'm fairly <laughs> confident that that is complete rubbish. That's what I and thought too. As soon as I heard that, I was like, she fucking does not have a food allergy. <laughs> so she, what, she's allergic to egg whites? Is, I guess. And is that a thing? It is a thing. I was, I was allergic to egg whites when I was a kid and then sort of uh, developed a tolerance as I, I got larger, I suppose, and uh, my immune system or whatever it was that was doing the, that was causing my reaction kind of settled down. But when I was a kid and it was quite bad, what I wouldn't have done especially if I had what was in his uh, description, a serious allergy is go, well, I'm just going to fucking roll the dice and I will, I'm not going to eat egg white cause I would die, but I will eat the thing. So I will eat a dish composed entirely of egg white adjacent <laughs> food matter. And if there's a single speck of egg white in there, I'm fucked. But you know what the uh. hell? Like, it's like, eating one of those kind of delicacy blowfish. Like if you get the wrong bit, you're dead. <laughs> but uh, maybe, maybe that adds to the frisson. And not mention to the know. staff. Don't say to the staff, oh, my wife has a serious allergy to egg whites. Yeah. That's why I'm ordering yeah. a egg yolk omelette. Exactly. Because the, the thing furthest from egg white is egg yolk. Uh, <laughs> and the service would have presumably said, you know, would your wife like a Reuben sandwich or any of the... No, or any of the other things. That's non that doesn't involve eggs in any way. <laughs> so anyway, he says, yeah, I, I, was, I was not particularly rude, but I was very, very slightly rude. Thank you, everyone. I apologize. And then McNally, Keith, Keith McNally, I think it is, says, last night on his TV show, James Corden very graciously apologized for his outburst on Bel at Balthazar. This is McNally on yeah. Twitter. It takes a real man to do it takes a real man to do this. In the past, I've behaved much worse than Corden, but wasn't man enough to apologize. For this reason, I'm going to lift the ban oh. on Corden and impose one on myself instead, which is a kind of bit of a lighthearted comment. Right. So all was well. And then James Corden. So the apology the apology and and McNally's response came after our last bit of coverage. So now we're into the things that post-dated the last, the, the deep dive that we did. Then James Corden is interviewed by the London Times. And he again reverts to this idea that he didn't do anything wrong. He says, I never screamed at anyone. I didn't shout. I didn't call anyone a name or swear or use derogatory language. How is this remotely a thing when the person who posted the story wasn't even there? So he's back to saying like, everyone can get fucked. Yeah. Basically. Because that's his kind of default attitude, I think. Yeah. He also, oddly enough, John, he, the other thing that made me write, raise an eyebrow is he didn't address the first incident in which yeah. he'd been accused at Balthazar of discovering a hair in food and then <laughs> demanding free drinks from the staff. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or he, yeah. or he threatened to leave a negative Yelp review. That He didn't, yeah. he didn't address that, which made me think. I don't think he did. And, and there was at least two, maybe even three incidents in total that- well, well, there's the two at Balthazar, and then there's there's quite a few that have popped up over the mm. last 10 years uh, on Reddit mm. and things from other members of the public exactly. who've had interactions with him. My thought was 
that his that his damage control team looked at it and said, okay, well, this thing with the hair is just too hard basket because we can't get out of that. <laughs> but yeah, we can just claim that your wife has an egg white allergy and mm. nobody can really call that into question. Even, you know, her close friends and family will just keep their mouths shut. And if anyone more distant yeah. says, I don't think she does have an egg allergy, you just say, nah, she does though. She does, yeah. She has an egg white allergy and I will go into anaphylactic shock if I eat anyone else's hair. So uh, so allergy is a complete response. <laughs> so then McNally says, on second viewing, I found his TV confessional contrived and phony. The actor will say anything to save his bacon. In the scheme of things, my opinion means nothing, but after Friday's interview and a second look at this fraudulent confessional, I've given up on James Corden for oh. good. Wow. So that was, so he, James had the, and then end of story in all caps. So McNally's done flip-flopping. He's gone now back and forth several times between saying James is a prick and saying maybe I'll forgive James forever and maybe he's a great guy. And now he's landed on, nah, he's definitely a prick. And that's uh, unfortunate because James has gone to the trouble Unfortunately, from a PR perspective, at least, because he's gone to the trouble of apologizing on his show, but then has kind of stuffed it up by being mealy-mouthed with the London Times, and now Keith is angry at him again, and he can't go to Balthazar <laughs> after all that. <laughs> We'd like, I would like to say that you and I... It was me, it was, yeah, me and Em, and uh, I think it was just me and Em and Jacinta and you. Who and Dan. There. Dan was there as well, wasn't he? Wasn't Dargle oh, was there? He? Okay. I kind of Maybe forgot Dargle that too. I'm pretty sure Dargle... Was it? Sorry, Dougal, if we forgot you were there. Didn't he have something? <laughs> <laughs> he screamed at one of the servers. That's right. No, <laughs> we, would, we didn't remember that. We would just we would <laughs> we would like to say that we had a great time at Balthazar in July, and the staff were all yeah. very lovely and extremely prompt. Yeah, and uh, but I mean, James had the for one brief shining moment there. He had the chance to, which I definitely would have eaten humble pie to take to eat at Balthazar free for 10 years, and now he can't go at all, ever. Yeah. Uh, so he's, co he's cocked it up. And then, to add to his woes, last week he was commenting on Musk's acquisition of Twitter, which uh, for anyone who has been living under a rock, Elon Musk, the world's richest man, has acquired Twitter and taken it private. And commenting on those events, Corden said... When you see Elon Musk talk about Twitter, he does this thing where he goes, well, it's the town square. But then Corden says, but it isn't. Because if someone puts up a poster in a town square and says, guitar lesson available, you don't get people in the town going, I don't want, the, I don't want to play the guitar. I want to play the piano, you piece of shit. That sign wasn't meant for you. It was for someone else, Corden added. You don't have to get mad. Now, compare this to some comments that Ricky Gervais uh, made as part of his material for his latest stand-up show. It's like going, which predated, of course, the Late Late Show's episode on yeah. Musk's acquisition of Twitter. It's like going into a town square and there's a notice for guitar lessons and you go, but I don't want, fucking want guitar lessons, Gervais joked, talking about Twitter during his show <laughs> sometime before Corden made this joke on his show. And so Gervais cheekily tweeted, Corden's bit about the town square advertised advertisement for guitar lessons is brilliant and then and then he took the tweet down because he realized it was kind of inflammatory but then 
fans got involved and obviously lots of people had seen his special and they egged him on and they eventually got him to acknowledge that yes, this was his material and yes, it did appear to have been ripped off without his consent by Corden, which prompted Corden to say, just in a tweet, he's got no time, he's got no cachet left for <laughs> for fawning, a, you know, a preening apologies on his show. He just said, inadvertently told a brilliant Ricky Gervais show, joke on the show last night, obviously not knowing it came from him. It's brilliant because it's a Ricky Gervais joke. You can watch all of Ricky's excellent specials on Netflix. Mm. And then people were speculating that there was a bit of bad blood between them, which dated from a joke that Gervais made when he hosted the Emmys where he said the world got to see James Corden as a fat pussy. Yeah. And he was also in the movie Cats. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and then people found this, like all of James Corden's apologies, to be a bit insincere. So so people dug deeper and doing so they found an incident back in 2017 uh, where... Corden said during an interview on the Late Late Show that he finds the best way to avoid being mugged is to whisper to the robber, robber you're never going to believe what's happened. And he said that the culprit would inevitably put down their weapon and say, what? Compare that to something that Noel Fielding, the comedian of Mighty Boosh fame, said in 2010, in a, again, in a stand-up set. He joked that the best way to get somebody to stop you from mugging them was to whisper, oi, mate, which he suggested would make them put down the knife and ask, what is it? And then people said to Noel Fielding, don't you think this is your material? And he said, yeah, it is. <laughs> so, and James, James hasn't even bothered to respond to that now because he's like basically just in a, his reputation is just in a death spiral. So, and there's just an army uh, combing the internet for the last 20 yeah. years, every single yes. thing he's done or said to just exactly. destroy him. And normally that's the kind of thing that I'd be against. But in the case of James yeah. Corden. Yeah, I think he's... I think he's lost people's good faith and that's probably well-deserved. So what I'd like to say to our listeners, to the don't praisers who have been following this saga or are learning about it now, um, I, I would ask you to keep your eye out. I know it's not pleasant to have to watch The Late Late Show and maybe you can organise <laughs> some kind of roster or do it in shifts, but 84 episodes we've got now and there's a very substantial stockpile of top-shelf gags and I'm sure that, James Corden and his writers are licking their lips thinking what can we pilfer from that stockpile. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if something from the Splagosphere gets passed off as a Corden joke. So just, yeah, as they say, if you see something, say something and we will nip that in the bud. <laughs> uh, that is excellent. Corden's going to just like nip. He's going to be, oh, I've got a funny Splag for you today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's certainly not going to be telling any jokes on his show about ploofing. That would not go down well with any of his guests. So, John, I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. We live in 2022, and I got a question yep. that's coming through. Wow, well, I hope this whole bit's going to be in rhyme. Do you know what to do? 
<laughs> so the question is, do you mm. use, you have an iPhone. I Living do. inside your iPhone is a little voice assistant name of Siri. Do you yeah. have a relationship with Siri at all? Do you speak to her? Uh, yes. I have a male voice. I don't know why when that came about. An Australian, uh, so. an Australian male voice is your voice assistant on your iPhone. I think that's right. Yeah, currently. And I do have a relationship with Siri, which generally consists of me wondering where the fuck I've put my phone oh. and saying, hey, and then shouting, hey, Siri, as a way to get him to say, yes. And then I go, <laughs> where are you? And he goes, I'm right here. And then I know. <laughs> I said, do that. Hey, let me have a go. Hey, Siri, where are you? Oh, wow, it does. Yeah. Not, yeah. Over, mine's, mine's got the Australian women's uh, voice. I'm over here. Um, <laughs> I'm over here. <laughs> I'm over here, love. Oh, yeah. Oh, you bloody drongo, I'm over here. You've left me under the <laughs> bloody... Um, you've left me under the dunny. I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the outhouse. You left me in the outhouse, you bloody drongo. That's what uh, I'm sense. in the bog. I'm in the bog. Uh, so I had resisted these kind of voice assistants for many years because it just found yeah. it a bit creepy. Actually, the first time I yeah. ever saw it, I was remembering, was actually when I visited your brother in New York mm. uh, mm -hmm. in 2017 mm. and he had an, an early Alexa. adopter. He was an early adopter. New Yorkers, they're always the first to, to be on these old hot, yeah. hot tech. He had it yep. and our mutual friend Dochi had an Alexa as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they were talking at them, and it was amazing because you know they'd say things like "Alexa, play this song," "Alexa, mm. do this," and I thought it was cool, but also it just seemed to bridge too far for me at the time. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. that time has passed, and <laughs> I've given up, and I am all in on Siri, and I've mm. been using it for so many things. I've been using it. For, I use it for. Huh. A, it's so good for alarms. Yeah. Okay. So you just say, "Hey Siri." Uh, actually, I have to just. I'm, this is going to be annoying. I have to just put my phone in on. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah. <laughs> on no, not now. Phone. Not fucking now. Uh, <laughs> it's great for alarms. You go, hey Siri, set alarm yeah. for blah. So much quicker yep. than typing it. Hey Siri, what's yeah, the yeah, weather? Yeah. Biggity bang. Hey Siri. Yep. When I'm running, hey Siri, skip track on Spotify so I don't have to touch oh. my phone. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then. Reminders, it's great. So say, for example, you think, oh, I need to remember that later today. You go, hey, Siri, set reminder for six o'clock today. I need to call Kagan. And then it will mm. say, you can call Kagan at six and it should pop up. Uh, Your friend Kagan needs to be called. <laughs> yeah, I I do also use it for an alarm because I, if I have something important like a court hearing and I'm paranoid that I'll somehow like think that I've set my alarm for 6.30 a.m. but actually I've set it for 6.30 p.m. or something. Yeah. Then it's just easier to say, can you set my alarm for 6.30 in the morning? Oh, it knows, that, it yeah. even knows that. It yeah, knows about morning, like a real person. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then I say, Siri, is my court hearing going to go okay? <laughs> it says, of course. <laughs> You're the best damn barrister the world has ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just, and then I just smile sweetly and close my eyes. <laughs> You're right. It's, go fine. it's great as well for fun games with friends. So we've, mm -hmm. um, so 
if uh, I'm often with I'm often with friends and I like to show off my music knowledge. I'm always quite good at guessing what year music was released, either right. either by having a sense of when an album came out because I understand, you know, I kind of understand the the linear timeline of of where albums came out. Or sometimes if I've never even heard a song before mm-hmm. and it gets played, I can guess based on the production style of the music because mm. within a couple of years you can often if you've if you've uh if you've done a bit of music production like myself, you can often hear the drum sounds being used, little trends, mm. and I can go, I reckon that's from this year. And so it's really fun to yeah, just go, yeah, Hey yeah, Siri, okay. what year did X album come out and she just brings it up. Oh, and then I had my friend you. had my friend Yarn around for dinner on Thursday night, and we were guessing yeah. the age of celebrities that were kind of drifting into the fifties or sixties. So we were going, huh. "How old do you think this person? So how old is Heidi Klum? How old yeah. is Madonna? How old is Pierce mm-hmm. Brosnan? How mm-hmm. old is Tom Cruise? This kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. Yep, yep. Super fun for." as well and it's just so much fun and i'm saying that resistance <laughs> is futile and everybody futile, yeah. needs to start talking to their assistants and i was thinking that for me i think i'll know that i'm all in when i don't have to use my hands for anything in my yeah. life anymore i want to yeah. i'm as we've mentioned before i we, we were both discussing getting uh drone food deliveries mm. where you just leave mm. a window open and you can sit in a chair and you leave your hands yeah. at your side and you can be fed yep. like a bird, yep. like a bird mother. Yeah. Bird mother drone delivery is coming real Still soon. Still one of my favorite DPTM ideas. Yeah, that's going to be on its way. <laughs> and so I'm trying to get that no hands lifestyle Apple and Tim <laughs> Cook. I want yeah. I want my arms to just atrophy and I want to just speak my desires <laughs> Into the yeah. into a little black box, and I want my dream. That's the dream to come true. That is the dream. That's that's interesting because I find I, I had that same experience of going to Tom's, being quite surprised by the use of Alexa because I hadn't really seen it anywhere else. But then, kind of going, well, I'm not really sure how I would use it. Recently, mm. of course, we were we were at yours in Templehof, and you had a digital. Some kind of a digital light, which I was quite impressed with, right, or a light yeah. that had a light that had multiple settings, which I think you were able to control with an app. Is yep. that right? With an app, and that's that kind of made me think. Yeah, what else am I missing out on? So, voice assistants, I'm sure, is one of those things where there's like all this functionality that I'm not aware of beyond yeah, finding my phone under a pile of underwear. But whenever I say uh, Siri, what's the you know average rainfall of the Amazon basin or something? Mm. And it doesn't it doesn't actually answer. It just says, "I've found this website on what's the average." And yeah. I go, "No, just tell me." That's that's the the bridge we need to gap, Tim Cook. I'm mm. speaking to you. We, yeah, yeah I, I agree that it is frustrating when it doesn't just give you the answer. It says, I, I'm not quite sure. The information is within one of these three very long web pages that you'll need to go on and mm. read. I agree. That is annoying. Yeah. But we'll get there. Don't worry. There's insiderintelligence.com. Uh, has, yep. Their research says that 123.5 million US adults will use voice assistance 
at least once per month in 2022. Wow. So it's almost one in three Americans will use voice assistance at least once a month. And maybe you're interested in a little, a few, maybe there's a few commands you didn't know that you could give your digital slave. So I can Please. tell you what they are. So obviously phone and text actions like call Sarah, read my messages, yep. that kind of stuff. You can even oh, yeah. do send yep. email to mom. It will do that. Yeah, okay. Wow. Uh, how many dollars are in a euro? You can do currency conversions. Oh, it can do that. Uh, you can Apparently, you can do things like take a picture, turn off... I haven't used any of these. Take a picture, turn off Wi-Fi, uh, right. search the internet you can do, find hmm. pictures of. So, I didn't know I could do any of that kind of stuff. But if you learn a bit entertainment, such as what basketball games are on today... Yeah, yeah. My my mum uses it a lot in the car when I'm back in Adelaide. Mum okay. is often saying, "Hey Siri." I've, she goes. She sounds more like this, Marie. She goes, "Hey Siri." I'm gonna say, "Hold my nose." Mum knows she won't be offended that she sounds exactly like this. She goes, "Hi Sarah." No, mum goes. <laughs> she goes, "Hi Sarah." <laughs> mum goes, "Hey Siri, call Michelle." Hey, Siri. Right. Uh, yeah, so it's great in the car, obviously, hands-free experience. I like to use it as a guilt-free receptacle for yelling obscenities as well. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who does that. Hey, Siri, why don't you go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go fuck yourself. And then it, and then it, it gives you these curt little res- sort of witty responses. <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's too. It's, yeah. I don't have to answer that. And I go like, hell, you don't, you son of a bitch. We should post that. um, that I sent you in the week a little Instagram video of a young Australian person who is able to do an incredible impression of the Australian female Siri voice. Mm, Yeah, that was uncanny. Yeah. Apparently, apparently the uh, the original American, British, and Australian voice actors for Siri recorded their respective voices around 2005, unaware of the recording's eventual usage. Uh, in an interview between the three act- three actors and the Guardian, yeah. uh, they said yeah. that they originally recorded their voices for a U.S. company called ScanSoft, and they were ori- they were then bought by another company called Nuance and a- Apple just licensed it. So they recorded their voices in 2005 for a completely different company. Wow. And then Far Apple out. and then Apple licensed the the voices. And so wow. they had no idea that they would become Siri. Oh my god. And they probably they may not have necessarily gotten any more money out nope, of it. Nope, none, I don't think. Shame. Mm, bugger. That reminds me of the time I posed for a Centrelink catalog and then my my image was all over a Commonwealth Games billboard in Melbourne. I was like, what the fuck? I'm being used as the face of the nation and I, I think I got a hundred bucks cash. <laughs> so we want to say, Tim Cook, get on it. We want better Siri and, and please, I don't want to have to use my arms and hands for anything. <laughs> please hasten my atrophying. Funny actually that Al that you should mention the 
technology that we speculated on on a previous episode, which I think was about El Polo Loco oh, yeah. delivering food by drone. And we speculated that the true culmination of that technology would be when the drones actually feed you as well as just dropping mm. the food off at your house. And on a similar note, I was thinking during the week, I had a, we had a party and there were kids at the party and it was kind of reminding me of being a kid at a party, you know, where you like, I don't know if this ever happened to you or to our listeners, but you'd go to a party with your parents. They would want to kind of have fun with the other growing up. So they'd just stick you in a room and you'd watch some, you know, possibly slightly too scary film with the other kids. And uh, then at the end of the night, they'd say, okay, come on, you're ready to go. You go home with them. You'd be wiping your eyes and getting carried out of the party. And then you get put in the back seat of the car and then you get driven home. And then maybe at the, at the other end, when you got dropped off home, you'd pretend that you were still asleep so that they would, if you were lucky, pick you up and carry you into the house and just lay you down and tuck you in in your mm. bed. And it was, just, it was a nice kind of very comforting aspect of childhood, which uh, my parents stopped doing when I turned 18. <laughs> and, I've, and I haven't, <laughs> well, they probably stopped doing it when I was four or something. I haven't, you know, it's one of those things where you think, I don't remember the last time that ever happened to me, but yeah. there was obviously a cutoff point. So I was thinking, and I was watching these kids leave the party thinking, oh yeah, they're going to get a classic drive home and tuck in. Yeah. And, and I would like that service to exist for adults. So I was thinking about <laughs> something which I've, which I've just given a working title, Uber Carry, where you can, you can pay a little premium <laughs> to your Uber driver <laughs> so that when you get dropped off at your destination, you can, if you have fallen asleep because you've had one too many suds uh, or if you're just not really feeling it, um, you know, then they can... You can give them a little extra and they can come round to the side seat, to the passenger seat and hoist you up and you give them your key and they let you, they direct them to your bedroom and they plonk you down on your mattress. Maybe they take your shoes off and then that's it. Nothing like untoward, but I just want the, the full kind of nose to tail lift home experience, you know? Yeah. Um, Six stars, so, you would rate them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A little bit tired on the tuck-in, but pretty good. <laughs> thank, 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 thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to episode number 84 of Don't Praise the Living Up. I've been one of your hosts, Alexander. And as always, I'm, 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 as next to my number one pizza podcast. He's got to be the one called... Absolutely love talking to you about the upcoming 700 new Avatar movies. We look forward to mining unobtainium from the off-world colony of Pandora until we're at death's door. We love talking about the ongoing saga with Balthazar and James Corden. Thanks very much in advance for keeping an eye on the Late Late Show and making sure he doesn't steal any schplugs. We absolutely love talking about Alexander's newfound love of his digital voice assistant, Siri. Hey, Siri. How about a hot schlag? And we've loved talking to you about John's new proposed service from Uber, Uber Carry. Can't wait to get one of my surge-priced tuck-ins real soon. Thanks so much, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Ah.